0: Disgustingly hot Sunday afternoon by my co-host, Stacey. That's at spending 89 Stacey, how are you doing?
1: Disgustingly
0: hot. Yeah, it's, uh, it's like it, it looks nice from the outside. I'll say that. Uh, then you step outside and it sucks ass. Uh, we are joined uh, by somebody who is experiencing much nicer climate, I would assume. Uh, his name is Conrad... You know him as Nick's Illustrated. That's at Nick's Ill on Twitter. Conrad, how you doing?
2: Good. It's it's actually been pretty bad here.
0: <laughs> oh yeah.
2: Yeah, it's been pretty bad.
0: How, describe bad. Like how how hot is it out on the uh, the worst coast?
2: Oh my god! Like. Uh- <laughs> It's like, I mean, it feels like it's in the hundreds, but I don't really know. Um, It's been like, uh, I I go play tennis on Saturdays, and as the tennis wanes on, you can just hear, feel, like, you can actually hear the sweat sliding down your body as it goes on. So um, I'm kind of regretting paying for this tennis class. Kind of one out.
0: Do you have to use, uh, you know, because you're white, so I assume you have to use sunblock. Sounds great
2: uh well yeah i mean otherwise i'd singe i'd be like you know <laughs> i'd be like a toast over there but uh, i think i
1: think we're supposed to use it too schwinn
0: uh yeah we are but my skin's just like i'll no, just get dark i'm fine you've never gotten sunburned never in my life
1: i've gotten i've gotten sunburned twice mostly oh. because i was i think drinking a lot doesn't help
0: so but. so you're lesser than me is what you're saying um, I don't know about that. But.
1: <laughs> all I will say is if you're in Colombia in August, do not sit on the beach all day and drink coco locos. That's yeah, it. yeah. Sure. <laughs> make well, things I'm, worse. I'm,
0: I'm, I, you know, it's just just the drinking in Colombia, right? That's the only thing you got to worry about out there. Uh all right, let's uh let's switch gears here a little bit. Get back to basketball and not drug talk. Uh <laughs> before we get started though, I have to make an announcement to the Circlet as a Patreon. You can subscribe to it. There are a number of tiers. There's a $6 tier that gets you access to Pod Circle every Friday that I do with Prez. You also get access to Drew, a.k.a. Doug's mailbag that he does every other week. You also get access to the Strickland Discord where the conversation never stops. There's a $9 tier that gets you access to wonderful weekly articles by Jack Hunley and Matthew Miranda, two of the best in the business you will also get access to Strick and Roll, my solo pod, where I yell, rant, and rave about the Knicks even more. There's further tiers. There's a $15 tier, $30 tier, $15 tier, and $100 tier. Those come with a variety of additional benefits, like merchandise, merchandise discounts, listening in on pod recordings, as we did this past week, even potentially co-hosting a podcast alongside yours truly one day, whether you choose to subscribe or not, none of this would be possible without you. Uh, so without further ado, let's talk a little bit about the Knicks. I have no idea how we're going to talk about the Knicks, though, because I didn't have access to Jalen Brunson's introductory press conference. And um, there's just no way we can discuss basketball. without. Do you think them. they're preventing
1: you from holding them accountable?
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I like I really, you know, I just needed to like Jalen Brunson needs to. You know, he needs to tell us what has been wrong with the Knicks for the past 20 years. I need to know from him. Um, no, I like I. I don't know. That, that entire thing was so stupid. But, you know, look, I think there's no way around it. Kind of have to talk about Donovan Mitchell. It's really annoying because I feel like I've been talking about this fucking guy for like three weeks now. Um, but, look, the, the off season is here, but it's not exactly here because we're in this weird limbo where it feels like there is a Donovan Mitchell trade that's inevitably going to happen. Um, I've like gone back and forth on this a lot. Uh, I, I am of the opinion that yes, I, I understand the appeal of Donovan Mitchell and like, I, I can understand the, um, you know, I, I get why a lot of people want to acquire him. I get why the team looks like they want to acquire him. Uh, I, I'm just a little weary on the price and the more this drags on, the more I think I'm like, I just feel the 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 value conversation we're having about him is totally out of whack with where he stands as a player in the league.
1: I mean, when you talk about the value conversation we're having with him, I think the standard where I would say like the averages, the mean, whatever you want to call it, is people are saying the Knicks should be willing to give up three unprotecteds, three protecteds. And I come in below this slightly. I would not give up a young player, but people are saying a Grimes-level player with a filler. Do you think that is absurdly high in terms of talking about his value?
0: Uh, I will let our guest comrade answer, because I'm a really good host. If he wants to answer. I don't know. Yeah. Well, <laughs>
2: <laughs> so, I mean I mean I come down that I feel like there's a line, right? Like I feel like everyone sort of has their breaking point. Shwen and I were talking, we just like both listened parallel to the um uh Sam pod with Fred Katz. And they were talking about like, oh like what do you have to give up? Like and they were like, You definitely can't give up a pick past twenty twenty seven. Like that's pretty much a non starter. And I was like, "Yeah, I agree with that. I agree with that. You can't give a pick past 2027 because you're you because to me, like, and this is just common sense. You can't trade for Donovan Mitchell and just you're a contender. That's not what's going to happen. You need to be able to make one other move, right? That's kind of how I feel. Like, that's where I land. Like, okay, RJ and, and a pick past twenty twenty seven is a non starter to me. Um, and then." Bassini and Katz kept talking and they were like okay so I guess you give up the four conditional picks from other teams um, that hurts but you're you know you give up the two unprotected picks you give up the four unconditional I'm like okay yeah I can talk myself into that that's six picks in a vacuum is Donovan Mitchell worth six picks I don't know maybe maybe he is maybe not but and that's to be fair to be-
0: and, and to be fair like why I don't totally care about three of the protected picks as there were like effectively the 11th ele- yeah exactly and i'm like would i have traded the 11th pick plus two more or two or three more unprotecteds or whatever like like the 11th pick just wouldn't matter that much to me so therefore i know you shouldn't view it like this but like that that i'm okay with giving up the three protected picks from that deal just because i'm like well the 11th pick that's fine i would have i would have included that in a donna mitchell deal yeah,
2: I, I mean, I feel the same way. I mean, the I, I'm okay with also throwing in the fucking Mavs pick. I mean, that's probably just the cost of doing business, too. But so anyway, you're talking six picks, right? I mean, maybe there's an argument that maybe one or two of them won't even convey. Um, but uh, so you're talking six picks. I'm like, okay, I can get it. And then, and then I think that they're talking about, okay, but then the Jazz really have to try and get Grimes. Grimes is like the crown jewel of the Knicks young players and they really have to try to get him. And that's where it sort of becomes like a breaking point or an inflection point for me. Like, are you are you talking about like, okay, you you give up six picks and you give up a guy we we're pretty much we've seen enough to know that he's gonna be a rotation player. So you're you're giving up a pick that you hit on, which is almost worth more than a than a future first round pick, right? He's a young player that you
0: hit on, on team control. And, Um, and he's like, I mean, he's a guy who's going to make, he'll probably make like $200 million in his career.
2: I mean, I I think that, I think it's safe to say like he's, we're talking about Grimes. I I don't think it's out of the question that next year we're looking at like a Gary Trent Jr. or a Desmond Bain or a type, you know, Josh Hart even type of player next year. Um, you know, I, I think if you were to say that you're getting that, like, and six picks, that's that's a pretty high price to pay. But, you know, you could still talk me into it, right? And they sort of were talking me into it on this Messini pod. Like, I was like, okay, I guess. I mean, you're getting Donovan Mitchell. He's a great fit with RJ. He's a good offensive fit with Brunson.
0: He's from New York. Apparently, he's that's from, supposed to matter too. I he's love from the, He's from the tri-state <laughs> area. Okay, he's from
2: New Jersey. <laughs> I mean, oh no, sorry. Brunson is from New Jersey. Uh, Donovan's from Connecticut, right? Yeah, he went know. to
1: school in Connecticut. I think he grew up in Westchester, but he went to private. Oh, school. is that right?
0: Okay, so, yeah. no, no, you definitely got to get him if he's from Westchester. So he's a native <laughs> New Yorker. I love how like that's supposed to like that that matters apparently will he
1: want to go to the practice facility in Terrytown <laughs> he
0: probably <laughs> lives next to the practice facility right as a Western? <laughs> guy. yeah no
2: he loves he loves white plants he loves it. Uh,
1: that's where you go if you want to stay out till 4 right <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah. he's a big fan of the uh, the chipotle out there you go to, you go to yonkers if you want to get a little nasty you know? but anyway um but no and then it starts so like okay maybe you could if that's the price i'm like queasy but you know what i I'd, I'd still probably do it just to get Donovan here. You're probably locked into the team for two years, but you know, given that you're probably trading like the 2023 and 2025 picks. Um, but whatever. And then they were like, "Oh yeah," and then you throw in Obi and quickly. And I was yeah. like, "What?" <laughs> I was like, "No, no, 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 no." You... <laughs> it
0: was it was such a weird conversation too because like they spent so much time. Talking about how they like all of these players, they were like, "Oh my god!" Like, like their they, roles. Yeah, no, no, they were, but they were even like, they were even like saying, like, "Oh yeah, like these guys can all be potentially starters. Like they're they really good players, right?" They they spent so much time talking about it, and then they were like, "Well, you don't want to give up any first pass twenty twenty five, really." So, guess you just throw them all in, and I'm just like, "That's I don't know, like that that would that would be insane to me." Um, and I think where I come down on the pick stuff is like, like, so this is why I think this conversation is interesting, right? Whatever you want to say about Rudy Gobert. Um, I don't think it's arguable that he on the Timberwolves, they are now a significantly better team next year. Like, I, I really don't think that's a debate. Um, and if it is, maybe you're stupid. I don't know. Um, but like, Whatever you think about him as a player, and I, I'm not saying this to like, I think that trade was crazy, um, but like he makes them inarguably better next year, and losing him, like think about before they made the trade, right? Utah, I think while the idea was they're going to try to retool, but like you would have understood if they had just run it back, right? Because like, Gobert and Mitchell is a stable playoff team that's not nothing and think about like as soon as that trade went down now everybody is just like okay it's fire sale mode they're done they're rebuilding it's over and so my point is like i think that says something about gobert as a player right that that says okay this guy whatever his flaws are he's really really valuable and he helps you win a lot of regular season games okay donovan mitchell is still on that team. And if you think, like, there's just no way that team can be competitive, and I am of that opinion, that as things stand, that team has no chance of being competitive even with Donovan Mitchell, I think that says something about him as a player. Like, that doesn't mean he's a bad player, but is he any different? And and this isn't, like, this is not an insult because he's a really good player also in his own right. But, like, is he really any different than Bradley Beal?
2: That's, that's, that's the name I keep hearing, like, tossed about like he's like five years younger too right
0: yeah no he is he is i'm not saying like obviously i understand why what did bradley
2: Beale do over those five
0: years right and it's like like i just think like if if you're making this massive move for mitchell right and and i'm talking about like the 23 and a 25 pick or a 24 and a 26 pick i'm fine with that that doesn't really bother me at all right like those picks because i i'm confident enough in donovan mitchell that like if those picks go out We're going to be a good enough team that, like, you know, we're not going to regret that, okay? So, I'm okay with that. But, like, when you start going out more in the future, it's not just about Mitchell. It's also, like, you're trading for a guy who we all kind of have an understanding. You'd still need to find a player better than him, right? And I just, I don't know. Like, maybe if you think that RJ can be, like, a top... 10 guy then it's a different conversation i really like rj i don't see him in that class i think he's more of like a 15 to 20 guy at his peak which is basically a consistent all-star um that's basically what Donovan mitchell is it's a consistent all-star okay but there is a world of difference between a consistent all-star and an all nba and a consistent all nba first team second team type dude. and when you go through like Like, again, on this same pod, I think Fred Katz listed, like, where he's kind of come in on all NBA votes. So, like, you know, where his total voting ended up ranking among all NBA players. And it was always, like, 19, 20, 22, 21. Like, it's that range. And that's the range of player he is. Like, that's a really good player. But if you're talking about sacrificing, like, Either all of your young guys, like they did on that pod, or the other ones. Where, and I, and personally, I'm just going to throw this out there. I don't think there's a chance in hell Angels taking a deal that's 23, 25 picks and those three dudes. He wants the picks. That's what he wants. He's a fucking whore. angels is a, he's a, <laughs> fucking, he's a fucking slut. He wants the picks. Fuck him. Um, that's what he wants, right? He wants... To, he's a short seller. This guy is a fucking... He's the biggest piece of shit, right? He's like... He's a guy... He's he's the dude who makes money when everybody else is going bankrupt, right? Because he like short sold you. He wants to short sell a franchise, right? He's selling short on the fucking Timberwolves, and now he's gonna he's trying to sell short on the Knicks. Um, and like to his credit, historically the Knicks are that would be a good team to short. I can't deny that. No, none of us can deny that. Um, but like my point is, if you're mortgaging your pick capital. To bring in Donovan Mitchell, you need to keep as many of those young guys as you can. I think at the absolute minimum, you have to keep two. If they don't, like, and and I'm assuming when I I say keep two, I don't think, RJ's not going out in any trade. So that's not even worth discussing. Uh, I think what we're talking about here is quickly, OB, Grimes, right? Those are the three next set of young guys that have kind of, like, really established themselves to me as, I think much higher of quickly than a lot of people, but like just for the sake of the conversation so we don't get lost in it. Let's just say all those guys at the very minimum, we know they're going to be solid, solid rotation players plus rotation players. For sure. Right? And like, I just, if you give out more than one, I'm out. Like I'm, I'm just totally out on that. Um, and I just can't see Ainge doing a deal that's not at least three unprotected or close to three unprotecteds, Right? I, I could see him doing like 24, 26, top five protected in 28, and then three protected picks, right? If you have to include Grimes after that, I'm with you, Conrad, where I'm like queasy, but I'm I'm also of the opinion like, okay, I I can get around that. I, I can wrap my head around that. Now if, now, if you also are like, well, we have to throw an OB, we have to throw in a quickly, we have to... Or, like, we have to put in another unprotected pick. Or, th- then I'm out. And and I'll say this. I actually do... If I'm the Knicks, if I am giving out three unprotecteds, I am demanding that they are 24, 26, 28. I'm not giving... I, I don't, And I don't want either of the 23 picks in the deal. Um, and I can expand on that a little later. But, like, that would be... If, if I'm going to include Grimes and I'm going... Like, I don't like that deal for Donovan Mitchell... I would understand if the Knicks did it. I wouldn't feel great about it though, I'm not gonna lie.
2: Yeah, I mean that that's where I'm at. I mean, I think that there's a strong argument that we're just better off without doing that deal.
0: Like who's the next guy? Well when there, is anybody ever yeah. gonna demand a trade again in the NBA? That never no, happens.
2: I, I mean, I think that look, there's 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 two things. Like I think, I think your bet, if you want to bet on Grimes, which I think most of the listeners of this podcast would be willing to do, um, you're talking about, like, probably a starter next year, um, and then you've got six, uh, you know, you've got those six picks, or eight, seven picks, or whatever, you know, you've got all of your picks, right? Are we better, like, like, compare Donovan Mitchell to, to like, Paul George, you know, like... Wouldn't we be better off with paul george who who can't even really like get past the second round of the playoffs to save his life you know like a player like that like that could that could be an actual like maybe a best player on a championship team like could become available I mean Kevin Durant is available right now um you know uh,
0: yeah he, but, uh, he's he's a great second best player on a championship team how of a
1: Conrad, do you think KD regrets not coming to
0: the Knicks?
2: <laughs> Don't you regret not coming to the Knicks? <laughs> you know, no, I think I think that you know I think that guy,
0: that guy is so much better than Bing Bong guy, by the way. But you know what
2: you're you know what you're talking about though. You're talking about like you have to be able to get a KD after you trade for Donovan Mitchell. That's my opinion. Like. It, I mean, RJ. I mean, there's a, there's something to be said about like, okay, get RJ and Donovan together. That's a, that's like two pillar stones of what could be a contender in the future. But you're missing the like, you're missing this the real the real cornerstone, right? Like, you're, I, I love RJ. You're,
0: you're, you don't have an MVP caliber player. You don't. You, he's, yeah, he's
2: not an MVP caliber player. I think he tops out at like a. Jimmy Butler 2.0 is sort of how I, uh, and I love Jimmy Butler. I mean, he's, he might be a top 15 player, Jimmy Butler. I think but he's a top 10 player. Yeah, but he, he's, he's, he can't, he's not going to be able to drag a team. I mean, look how good Jimmy Butler is, and he, he can't get the heat over the top on his own, you know, and he's got a, he's got a much better supporting cast than and uh, a coach. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, he, Jimmy Butler's completely set up for success. Uh, and he can't do it. And RJ is, uh, you know, not even there yet. I mean, he's not, he's, he's maybe halfway there at this point. Um, but, uh, but yeah. So, what I was saying is just that Grimes and, so let's say you keep those Grimes and six picks, we've hit on every first round pick under this administration, right? Like, which is a whole other aspect of it. Like, our like, quickly Obie and Grimes like i was saying before like are are more valuable to me than a future first round pick because they were a first round pick that hit and they're they're a young player under team control right now who we know are rotation players so when you when you say you're giving up <laughs> when you say you're giving up quickly grimes obb 2024 2026 2028 you're talking also about giving up 2020 And 2021, you know, that's your future. That's your future. Those three players. That's, you know,
0: I would say like, if you, if I were just to baseline, like, what would I want in a trade for them? Like, and I like, realistically, I wouldn't want to trade them. Right. But like, if for some reason, Dolan wakes up one day and is like, you know what? Fuck Leon Rose and Wide West. I'm cleaning house again. And a new regime comes in and they just want to clean the slate and just start with their own guys. Like, what would I want, right? What assets would I want for those guys? And, like, what would I accept? And so, like, thinking about this, I think, like, realistically, what another team might be willing to give up for all of them would be something like a a first-round pick that they feel is, like, a mid-first, so say, like, late lotto to—so maybe, like, fit 14 to 20-ish, something like that, and a couple of seconds, Right? So that's like I don't know that like i I guess I would call that like one and a half first of value for each of them, so that it's like if you're giving out two unprotected or three unprotected picks, all of those guys and protected picks like that's a crazy deal to me i i, I would be like furious if we did that. I don't think we're gonna do that by the way i I'm almost positive that won't happen, but the point is like like I think you need to be really careful with how you are dealing. For Mitchell, what you're giving up because, like, at the end of the day, I just don't know that he is really moving your baseline as much as it would you would think. Like, and it's not because he's a bad player, but like, I look at this team right now, forget. uh, So, let's just say Donovan Mitchell decides, you know what, I actually love Utah, I'm staying here for the rest of my life, and I'm converting to. Become a Mormon, um like just say so that happens. If I like look at this Knicks roster right now, I really like it. I think aside from Randall, and and even with Randall, right, like he, I still, I fundamentally want to move on from him. But if he is here, there is no chance he's going to be worse next year. Like it, it is not possible for him to be worse next year than he was last year. He's going to be better. And then I just look at the rest of the roster and I i really like it like i think brunson is a really good piece i think rj is going to get better quickly is going to get better grimes obi those four guys to me are are like almost locks to be better next year okay you still have rose who i would trade probably but like if he's here he's a good player right like and we know that that rose and quickly lineup is lights out right like we know that 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 lineup kills teams um you know, like, and then you have some interesting pieces, right? You have like Reddish. Like, I'm still in- interested by like, Reddish. Like, I, what I saw of him in New York was like, okay, this guy's not a good player. But I wasn't worried. Like, I was worried that he didn't give a shit on defense, right? Like, that was my really my biggest concern. And that he would try to hijack the offense every time he touched it. And neither of those really bore out in the very small sample that he played in New York. Now, maybe he was just trying to like, get acclimated and be a good soldier for the time being and that would change but like i'm intrigued by him at the very least right so that there's like there's just enough there where i'm looking and then like i think hartenstein was a really good pickup you know like mitch for all of his flaws and we've talked about them back and forth like i don't think any of us would deny that he's a really good starting center at the very minimum right and like and he's 23 or whatever he's 24 right he just turned 24 i think and then you have like jericho sims is still hanging out and i'm not out on deuce mcbride like i actually think the conversation about him is really weird i I was quite encouraged i think by the last few games he had in summer league where he was starting to attack the rim and get fouls and shit like that um his start was very odd though the first game or two but like anyway my point is being like i just think there's a lot of reasons why this team is intriguing without Donovan mitchell and is probably going to be better and i think it has an upside that people are really sleeping on like I don't think that team has... I think it will be a top-ten defense, and I think it has every chance of being at least a league-average offense, if not better, which, like, you know, I talked about this with Prez on the uh, last um, last week's pod, but, like, that's a playoff team. Guaranteed. That is, that is like, I, there is no chance if you're a top-ten defense and you're a league-average or better offense that you're not a playoff team. That is a fucking playoff team. It's a young playoff team. It has all of its assets. And, you know, I don't know, like, do, is it, what does taking out Grimes from that team, hurting your pick capital, taking out Rose and Fournier, right, because they would go out in the deal to make the salaries match, what is taking those three players out, replacing that with Donovan Mitchell, like, is that team actually better next year than they would be without making this deal? I don't think so. Now, that's not necessarily a reason to not make the trade. And I'm curious about your thoughts on this, A.C., because I think you're much higher on Mitchell than I am, or that Conrad is maybe too. Um, But, like, I understand it from a ceiling perspective. But, like, if you have to hurt your chances of kind of being able to put the team around Mitchell after that point to reap the benefits of the ceiling play, like, as a baseline, I don't actually think that deal reaps dividends in the short term if that makes sense at all Stacey, you there? I, I can answer I'm sorry I'm, a, <laughs> uh,
1: I'm on mute uh, there's a few things so uh, Conrad, you mentioned Paul George and Kevin Durant um, I do think like the fact is like when it's when you talk about his value now we can say there isn't much untapped upside. But the fact that Mitchell is 25, um, that does matter, right, compared to some of those guys. Um, George is obviously way better maybe than Mitchell can ever be. But, um, you know, how many more seasons does he have? Can you rely on him to stay healthy for a whole season? Obviously, that goes for KD as well. So that's why, like, you're talking about a different type of player. I think how much upside Mitchell has is a fair question. Um, I personally think there's a lot of low-hanging fruit on defense. You know, people are going to disagree with what's more concerning: a player who doesn't give effort all the time, but has the tools, or a player who, uh, you know, is the opposite where they try really hard. I come down where I think that he can improve. I think we've seen players like that, um, Wiggins and Booker, in recent years, who were not good defenders earlier in their career, who really uh, came along when in the right environment. And Utah obviously had Gobert and was a contender, but their perimeter defense was a mess, even beyond Mitchell not to say he wasn't a big contender in terms of what mitchell gives you is that i mean the question at some point the knicks are going to have to acquire a high level playoff type score um and so i i would agree with with schwinn that i think this roster is really interesting i particularly like the core group of rj iq and obi um I think they complement each other's game so well. I think Obi, like, Obi, often people who are on the pro-Randall camp, I guess, to the extent that's become a little bit of a civil war, people would say, well, Obi can't create his own shot. Um, but what he does is he just, he greases the gears of an offense. He makes everything go much, fa- mo- go much better. With his decision-making, his movement, his ability to knock down an open shot, his ability to finish everything, pretty much. So you have that. You have RJ's ability to get to the paint at will, pretty much. Um, generate a high volume of attempts. I mean, even just getting to a better free throw number is going to help him a lot, right? Forget any other improvements in his game uh, because that's he gets the line so much. Um, He's also an underrated passer. And then you have Quickly who can get to the paint, can create, can play on and off ball. And I think they complement each other really well, right? RJ's main weakness, I think, is being able to really create space on the perimeter. Like he can get and have a mid-range game. I think he's much better in terms of, not create space in the perimeter, but creating shots in the perimeter. He's good when he can get downhill uh, and finish at the rim and pass off of those. Like He's a very dangerous passer. Quickly's main weakness is that rim pressure, but he's great at opening it up for someone and being able to amplify someone who's able to do that, like RJ. And then Obi just elevates both of their games, both by helping them get in transition by running the floor harder, uh, as well as um, finding opportune spots and then being able to attack Either off the dribble as a passer or as a shooter, so I'd love to see that. And then you add in an elite, potentially an elite floor spacer in Grimes. Um, That's just a that's a core that complements each other really well. Um, But what they would, and then and then you add in that if the biggest thing there is like a true three level ISO guy, well, they did just sign one in Brunson, right? Um, But I think that that aside, I know Conrad. Your larger point was even a guy like Jimmy you know, you can have that level of talented player and it doesn't mean you can get over the hump necessarily. Um, So just pushing our chips in for a guy who's not at that caliber yet, uh, age or whatnot, is... is, And I I definitely get that. Um, I think Dallas Amico has made this point a bunch of times that, really speaking, if you look at historical champions, besides very few anomalies, um, you have, like, a legendary player, right? Um, Who, like, you have, like, a, a... one of the top five to 10 players on your team. Um, And, you know, so there's two ways to look at that. It's like, we shouldn't trade for anyone who isn't one of those guys. Or the other way to look at it is if you like, you can't let that stop you from making moves that make you a better team. As long as you don't lose your long-term flexibility. And, um, and you still have, because realistically, like adding a top 20, getting to competence is important to like make sure that you have the right kind of system for that top 5-10 guy to, to win because um, you know you just um, you you, um, you 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 will need more help for them and getting a top five to ten player on their own doesn't guarantee you anything uh, and then the last thing I'll say is I don't really look at it as six first round picks uh, it's not so much that those first protectives might not convey I think they will all convey. Um, But from what Shrin was saying before, they really come out more like to a a mid to like a late lottery first. So I don't view it like that necessarily. As long as I think we can keep the players, we have our flexibility beyond 2029. I still think that move makes us better in the long term and short term. Um, But to your point, I think that the way the Knicks stars fit together, like I think it'd be a lot of fun to see how they can grow. And if their biggest weakness really is they don't have a guy who can be the
0: guy in crunch time. I think, you know, it's worth seeing if Brunson can do that. I a hundred percent think that that's true. I mean, I would
2: love, I I think Donovan Mitchell, there's so many things to be so many positive things to be said about what he would add to our team. I mean, the thing that we lack most is the, I mean, aside from the go-to scoring, which he obviously brings, but is the athleticism to me. Um, like we, we are not an athletic team. I mean, we're, we're a brick shithouse team. (laughs) Um, And I think that he's also a brick shit house, so he fits that way. But uh I mean he adds a level of athleticism that we need that would be good. I mean, Obi's also super athletic. He's a good fit with Quickly and Obi. He's a great fit with Brunson and RJ. And Grimes, if he's still here. I mean, there's a lot to be said about what he would bring. I mean, he was this I was also, for what it's worth like high on getting Bradley Beal in here. Um, Not for six or seven picks though. (laughs) But uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, there's a lot to be said. I mean, the idea that you can get Donovan Mitchell at age 25 in here with RJ at age 22 um Bronson I think also age
0: 25 right yeah he's 25 he'll be 26 by the start of the year
2: right and then there's Obi at 23 I mean the age like the, the idea that we could then like also jettison Randall um in some way hopefully get a pick or two back to replenish our our capital in that way um and then we're just like a super young team and we 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 have a couple of years maybe to figure it out while Donovan Mitchell's on his contract, because, which is good because we can't really, we wouldn't really be able to make moves in that sense. But I do think your, your eyes then focus on who's that third player and what, what do we need from that third player? Because we're another, we're another huge move away from contention is how I feel.
0: Yeah. I mean, the thing is, like, our roster as it is right now, it makes sense to me. Like, again, of course I want to move Randall, and, like, there are definitely improvements that need to be made. That's why we're even discussing a Donovan Mitchell trade. Um, but, like, it the pieces make sense together is, is how I feel about the current roster. Now, if you get Mitchell, I don't think the roster necessarily doesn't make as much sense. But, like, you really need to make more moves to get the right pieces. And, like, I honestly, if, if, if we get Mitchell and Randall is still here, like, I, I'm being completely honest when I say this. I think that team might be one of the most disappointing teams in the NBA next year. Because thousand I have, no, <laughs> I I have no idea how a team that has Brunson, Mitchell, RJ, Randall, and Mitch as its starting five. Like, I, I don't even understand what the hell that team does. Uh, that, that's a team you short as Danny uh, <laughs> Hinge. Yeah, it's like, I, I just don't understand that at all. And i I, I don't know. Like, that's the piece. That's why it was so weird listening to like Vicini and Katz and a lot of these other pods that I've listened to, where it's like, it's like uh, the uh, the piece for me that's so huge about if you get Mitchell is like if you get Mitchell, I really Randall cannot be here. He cannot be here. If he is here, this team is going to be a massive disappointment next year because those are four guys in your lineup. Like if you add up their usage last year, I'm pretty sure it's over a hundred. Obviously, that's not how like but like so naturally you're just gonna have to have all of them make significant adjustments they have to figure out how to play off of each other none of them is like a super lockdown defender right like i think rj and brunson are solid but none of them are lockdown defenders and we saw last year that when rj has to carry more usage um it obviously impacts his defense which is natural but like now well he won't
1: in this case,
0: right? Right, he won't, but it's like, is that really what you want to do with him? I, I don't know. Like I just I think it is a really tricky situation in that sense. Um and you know, like ultimately when you start listing out NBA players, I I don't know, man. Like I, I just I I really do not feel I, I don't feel like anytime Donovan Mitchell's name has come up. I've never been like, oh my god, the Knicks have to go get him. I've never believed that, uh, and I don't believe it now. Even though obviously, you know, it seems like they are going to get him one way or the other. I really like if I'm Leon Rose and I'm looking at the situation, I would, I would seriously consider like, okay, I'll make you, the, like, I'll give you twenty four twenty six unprotected. I'll give you three protected first fucking
2: hey, Sorry, can we, Deuce. can we loop back one sec to you, you said you wouldn't give up twenty-three, right? What was yeah. your what was your reasoning there? Uh
0: I mean I just think having those twenty-three picks, look, I don't know shit about the draft, but everybody I know and follow that is big on the draft is talking about this draft class like it is potentially an all timer. Um and you know I know that people oh that people always say that about the draft people always, I don't think people always say that about the draft, and especially the way people have been talking about this upcoming class, it feels very different. So I think those picks are valuable, and I, it's not just Wembenyama, right? Even at the top, it's like Scoot Henderson. Scoot Henderson, yeah. yeah. there's a the, lot of guys. Those but, are the two
2: names I always hear, but is it supposed to be, I mean, maybe Stacey is also more tuned into this, but is it supposed to be deeper than those two players of, like, all-star, perennial all-star type talent?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's always tough to tell this early. Um but um you have um it's just in terms of just freakish guys with the upside, and there's always gonna be questions. Like we haven't seen the Thompson twins even really shoot at a high level consistently. There's questions about the competition level. But um Is it mean, one of their
0: names Amen?
1: One is Amen, the other is Ozar. Um amazing. but you have you have like a bevy of all these six 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 seven wings with <laughs> ball skills and passing ability. Uh there's a guy who I'm really there's a guy who's seven one. Oh, athletic yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Khalil or something,
0: right? Khalil Ware,
1: right? Yeah. And he's like maybe 7th the way that most people are rating it um, and he's got, shooting, I mean, in many years like he would, like, obviously wembanyam is a similar style of player so that probably, I think, is overshadowing a guy like that You go down 10, 11, 12 and you have lots of these just prototypical players, whether they're like bigs with ball skills or just like a lot of hyper-athletic wings, a couple of super oversized point guards Um, So to answer your question, in terms of, I think this could be something like 2021 was with both the combination of high-end talent at the top, but also like depth in terms of high-end talent where you have 10, 11, maybe 12 guys that could end end up being high-end back players.
0: Yeah, and, and the other part of it is this, right? If we are giving out 24, 26, let's say 24, 26, 28 are out the door, okay? I would like, I want to keep both of the first in 23 because I... I think Brock Aller can start building out your draft cupboard again with those two picks for the future, and I think he will. Um, so I want to keep those picks, and I think if you were giving out the value, we would be in the you know hypotheticals we've named. Like, if it's 24, 26, 28, Grimes goes out, and three protected first, I think you should be able to hold the line on that. Um, and I, I would want to, because, look, we just talked about it. it I think there's a chance this team after a trade like that, if is still here, like, I think this team might just be a disaster next year. Um, like I yeah. think there's there's potential for that. And, and I, that's the part that's like getting lost in all this is like, I, if you make that trade and Randall's still here, I think that team might be bad. Uh, is that, is that a
2: blessing in disguise though, given the, given the draft? I mean, yeah, I was,
0: it, it might be, it might be. And I just, I just wanted to say like, I, I don't know, like if Randall's still here, I I really I just I would be so out on next year's team in terms of what they can do. I don't think to Stacy's point like if you believe that Mitchell is really really good, I don't know if that should be a reason to not make that deal because you would kind of be banking on like we will move Randall, right? Like we will figure it out. And can so we, yeah. it's okay to like take a an on, like a take a step that doesn't necessarily progress you and might actually set you back a little bit um if your long term plan is still like moving in the direction you want i just i don't know like it, it's it's a tough one for me because i think Mitchell's really good i think he gives you an offensive centerpiece that they quite frankly haven't had in forever probably since before mello was washed um and you know there's a ton of value in that uh but like so much of the argument is always it just goes back to like well if not Mitchell then who and it's hard to answer that question because I don't know what star is going to want out but like we know that stars always want out in the NBA and that stars move every single year literally every single season there are multiple stars that get moved right Uh, and I just feel like part of what you're baking into making a Mitchell move is having to sit out probably at least for the next couple of years uh, on any star that would be on the market.
2: Look, look, can we do quickly like crystal, crystal pod here. Uh, Schwinn and Stacy's crystal ball. So crystal pod Strickland. Um, what, cause we're talking about like, it's a given almost in what we're saying. I think all three of us are in agreement that you need to make more moves after Donovan Mitchell gets here. So, let's say that that trade package that Schwinn has kind of thrown out there is what goes out. So, let's say it's those three unprotected 24, 26, 28 three conditional picks um, and Grimes. So, you still got OB, you still got Quickly. What are we then like what, what are we then looking for in either the next star trade that we try to get here like who who is the ideal power forward who is the ideal center going forward who is uh like are we trying to are we ideally tanking next year to try and get that third guy or are we making a
0: huge trade like what what is what is next for the team i would say the action never ends at DraftKings sportsbook especially this summer Your betting options feel endless. Best of all, DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. You can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TBPN, make your first deposit, and get a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's promo code TBPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details.
1: First of all, I... I think if they trade for Donovan Mitchell and they miss the playoffs next year, um, Tibbs will not be back. I would think that there would be a strong possibility that that could be curtains for Leon Rose as well, or at least that there would be a front office shakeup. If you trade for Donovan Mitchell, there is no branding it as, you know, well, we still have flexibility. We're better. We just missed the playoffs. We tanked. We got into good craft. No, unless Mitchell or someone gets hurt or something, that's that's not going to happen. If it's Grimes and then you live, so I think you said three unprotecteds and then three of the protected's Conrad.
2: Yeah, I think I think that was that was. I'm basing off of Schwinn's idea, so uh, if that's what Schwinn thinks.
1: Yeah. So if you still have 29 and 31, if you have 29, then 31 gets unlocked. So you'll have those two picks. Um, you can use another one um, on draft night, um, which they might end up doing. Uh, depending uh, Thirty-one.
0: Thirty-one. 31- won't be unlocked until 2024 just for the record
1: okay so you probably can't make another move next year um and then um you could probably make a draft so it's probably a year or two of this being your team with marginal you know maybe improve that you move randall uh get another pick back um continue to restock maybe some of the younger talent like see if Cam can be a replacement for grimes or see if um you know, see if you're better off with small ball. I think they'll reevaluate in a year or two what that team probably looks like. It is somewhere in the, the five to seven range, barring a leap from one of IQ quickly or IQ RJ or or OB. And with IQ, that's probably limited just because he can only play so many minutes with Brunson and, and Mitchell here. Um, but then, and then who would we target? It would be someone like, to me, I think that what kind of a center do you want? I think you need an elite rim protector. Ideally, you'd want someone who can do more than that. Um, but I think for now, if it's only costing you fifteen million dollars, I'm fine rolling with Mitchell Robinson on that team. Who is the ideal power forward? Is probably a better defender than Obi Toppin, but as an offensive player, he'd be a great fit. So I think the key would be um, you want more. You want more wing depth and defense um, at, um, at at at. Um, at the three-slash-four spot. You're not benching R.J. Barrett, so that means you probably want to use Obi in more of a utility role. And if you're targeting a star, it would probably be someone who can play both the three and the four, can like kind of shore up your defense next to R.J. and um, and Mitch. And I think the kind of guys I would target, not to say they're available, would be guys like uh, Brandon Ingram, Jason Tatum. I think Tatum would be the dream. Um, Who knows if he wants to stay in Boston long-term uh but th- that would be, it would be someone like that. Maybe booker comes available. Um, I'm not thrilled of the fit of a guy like Zion Williamson on that team, but there's an argument that if he is available and he really wants to be here, sometimes you just get that level of talent and let everything figure it itself out. Because if everything breaks and he does stay healthy, that is a guy who could reach that top 10 level. I still believe that. Um, uh, but that's my answer to that question. I'll throw it to Schwinn.
0: um, I mean I, I actually don't think it's that complicated what you would need. You just need athletic wings that of various sizes that can shoot threes and attack a closeout. Like that's basically what you need because you should have enough.
1: Well they're um... gonna need some defense too, right? If Brunson Well, yeah, I ones.
0: mean that's I'm just just saying athletic wings, like theoretically they should be defending too. Um but like you should have enough ball handling remaining on the roster, right? Like between Brunson, Mitchell RJ quickly, like that really should be enough ball handling and creation. Um, if not today, but down the line, uh, ideally, like you know, we've talked about, we do need to get a third star in all likelihood, um, or whatever, uh, a, a higher caliber player is probably the best way to put it, not a third star necessarily, but a higher caliber MVP caliber player. Because I think there's a world where like RJ's a star and Mitchell's a star and Brunson's a star and we're still not super competitive, right? So it needs to be a very specific caliber of player that you need down the line but like for the time being what you need to maximize that group of players is like imagine cam reddish but actually you know good like like what we think cam reddish could be that's the type of players you need you need a lot of them um because that team you will need to be covering up for the fact that mitchell and brunson are undersized you need to be covering up just in general um defense and everything you, you, you're gonna need to plug it plug those holes uh and you need versatile you need versatility really desperately i think um so that that's ultimately what i think you need to be targeting uh, so if that
1: next player also has to be a star it would make someone like tatum the ideal that kind of hits both of right yeah That's
0: yeah. that's what i was thinking too <laughs> yeah the only problem is that tatum is a loser uh and his ball handling sucks ass and i don't like him but yeah he would be ideal. Um like, so I I want to go back a little bit to like the just trading for Mitchell, right? Because there is an opportunity cost, like in terms of if you trade for Mitchell, you probably can't make a trade a a star trade anyway for at least the next couple of years. And so, like, I think it might be worth just like looking at, you know these different draft classes right because these are like okay so I'm just gonna name some guys you tell me if you think these guys could theoretically be on the market in the next couple of years uh, <laughs> Ben Simmons yes uh, already on the market yeah uh, okay Brandon Ingram
2: uh, I don't know I think I think that that's a pretty good marriage there in New Orleans right now
1: yeah, I'd have to agree, but I think that that, but as as much as anyone could be available, like this is all speculation, right? So,
0: I actually don't love that fit for him in New Orleans, but we'll see. I, I think Zion's going to come back. He's going to take his fifty-eight usage, fucking seventy-eight beignets. Um, <laughs> like I don't know. I just i I feel like Ingram got used to a thing last year, and if I were him, I would be like, look, I played at all year. I made us, like, respectable, led us to a playoff berth. I actually played really fucking well in the playoffs, you know? Um, And now you want me to just come back and be, like, second fiddle to Zion, and I don't know. Like, I'm not saying that it's definitely going to be a disaster, but, or not even, it'll be good, probably. But, like, I just think there's a world where he could get annoyed by, like... Because you know Zion's going to come back and he's going to be the center of attention, you know? Um, I wonder if that would be something that I Anyway, that's one. Jalen Brown. Uh,
1: I do want to go back real quick.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: With Simmons, is this like because of the shooting we'd be able to put on the floor in the backcourt? And I think RJ is pretty good now, spot-up shooter. Do you think that kind of makes him an interesting fit here? Maybe not next. I think you'd probably want to move Mitch at that point, but like... Especially okay. if the attitude problems can be managed, or whatever if, there might be.
2: If, if there's a theoretical version of Ben Simmons that isn't a complete putz, um, <laughs> you know, I think. Uh, uh, I mean, do you, you're you're talking about probably having him in a lower usage role, like so not the not the six eleven point guard that he thinks he is.
1: Yeah, it'd be. He would basically be the Obi in role. On steroids, right? Oh, yeah.
2: I mean, I mean was that, that's a really good player <laughs> to me, but I, I just think, you know, it's funny It's funny how irrelevant he's made himself um, because, you know, a few years ago, you would have said, like, this guy is, you know, on his way to being a top player. And now you, I mean, works. he was
1: at least Donovan Mitchell was good, right? <laughs> at that point. So,
2: well, he was, he, that was the, remember that whole thing where, like, he won rookie of the year, even though he was redshirted his uh, first year, and Donovan Mitchell was all upset about
0: it. Yeah, it's kind of funny. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm out on Simmons. I don't give a shit. There's no <laughs> role on the team. Um, he's a fucking absolute loser. Uh, I don't want to deal with his whole mental health thing.
2: I we mean, need we need Simmons's variant um, you know, from the from the multiverse. The yeah, one the but, one that isn't a
0: you know an asshole. <laughs> I I don't even want to. I don't even want to touch it because I know people want to give him the benefit of the doubt
1: um i mean there is upside there if for whatever reason your bet is correct there's a lot of upside there and it's maybe, probably if we do have mitchell and brunson who can both shoot that's what makes that easier more right? Uh,
0: i just i don't care i really don't care about ben simmons um i think he's not a reliable person um so i would be very out on that uh all right Jalen brown
2: I, mean, yep. I think I think that's possible, right? Um it's possible. I mean he he's he's the type of guy, I mean he's uh, just joined Kanye's um
0: agency. Yeah, he too who, who
2: can start thinking, Oh, I need to force my way out or whatever. Um and then have, have Kanye flip out on uh on <laughs> Brad Stevens, be like,
0: trade trade him. <laughs> uh okay. Uh Jamal Murray? No. Nah. Okay. I, I tend to agree with you. I uh, mean you have
1: to be sending Brunson out, and I'm not even sure that's that much of an upgrade. Unless Brunson uh, just really
0: stagnates. So yeah. All right. I uh, I don't think this guy would move, but I think it's worth mentioning him. DeJounte Murray? No. Okay. All right. So that's the twenty sixteen draft.
1: Sorry, okay? Conrad, if you disagreed on any of those. <laughs> <laughs> All
0: right. This is the 27, 2017 class. This is Mitchell's class. Okay. Tatum, we both I think there's a world where it happens, but I don't think that he would actually be on the move. Do you guys agree?
1: Yeah, I mean, you'd have to T- be on a statue at that point. But
0: Tatum, Tatum being traded, traded or just attainable? Let's just say attainable. All I ads, think attainable
2: obviously. in free agency. There's maybe a chance, but uh, I forget when he's a free agent. Probably not for a while, right?
0: I think it's 2025. I think. Oh, that's not too bad. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think it's possible. Okay, mm-hmm. so. That's one. Uh Pierre and Fox. Yeah.
1: are you say is the question is he attainable or would you want to trade for
0: yeah, him? Yeah, the the guys that you think could be attainable in the next couple of years.
1: I think he could be attainable, but I, I'm not interested in trading for him.
0: So. Okay. Um bam. No.
2: I think bam would be attainable in a trade for an all star, so probably not a trade we'd want to make
1: um i mean they made him unavailable for kd right
0: yeah but i think that the kd thing is so weird because he's 34 like i don't if kd was 30 i bam is on the table well also also
2: there's the whole ben simmons offloading ben right. simmons at right. all the logistical right. issue yeah i
1: mean if would you tr- do you think bam could get traded for a guy like booker even
2: If Booker was available, they'd they'd trade Bam for Booker in a heartbeat. Uh, Maybe I'm
1: higher on Bam long-term, because I think that there's still a lot of untapped upside on offense. He is really a game-changing defender. Um, Not the way it's thrown around, but like on a different level because of versatility. I would be surprised,
2: but Maybe I'm just higher on him. B- Bubble Bam, I was like, this guy is the next Giannis. <laughs> I, thought
0: he, I thought he was better than Tatum. I was like, he's better than Tatum.
2: <laughs> the, the block on Tatum. Yeah. Like, he stole Tatum, Tatum's uh, soul. And
1: then, uh... I mean, think about how much... Like, he's shown touch, like, for mid-range. Like, think about how much, like, a jump shot would just change his offensive ceiling. Like, that player... It's pretty nuts.
2: It's jump shot dreams. I always I always feel like it's like this conversation of like if he gets a jump shot and then these guys never actually wind up I,
0: it. I will say this, like I'm actually I haven't looked at his numbers in a long time. I didn't realize his usage had gone up to the level it has. He's at twenty he was at twenty-five usage last year. That's actually really impressive. Um the playoff, I don't know what was going on with him in the playoffs, though. He was at 18 usage. Like that is not good enough. Like he just it's gotta be better. Um and I think for me, like I just think Booker is a guy that can score in the playoffs all the time. Um like he is right around top ten for me. Like I, I think Booker is clearly better than um Mitchell for the record. Like so that's kind of anyway. So I, I don't think Ban would be attain I don't think he'll be attainable in the next couple of years. At least not for us um uh, if that makes sense. Um so, who, so, just a quick tally. Who do we have as attainable so far? Tatum, Fox, even though I don't think any of us are particularly super high on Fox. Uh, and then we had Ingram, Jalen Brown, ben Simmons, if that's your thing. Uh, and that was it. All right. And then, right. all right, here is 2018. All right, these guys are probably not attainable until like twenty twenty five at the earliest, but let's just go through it Luca
2: I think Luke is gonna be a Mav for life for better or worse yeah he he, might... he he looks at the Mavs as like his his training camp for Slovenia team Slovenia, so no no reason to no reason to change teams unless he's getting paid unless he's not getting paid.
1: <laughs> There's probably no more untouchable player. In the league
2: at this point, um, Luke, Luke is the thing. Luke is the type of player where it's like, if he requests a trade, I will go down in flames if I'm that GM to like, like I'm not trading him. I'm I'm gonna just play this out type of thing.
0: Yeah, Uh I think he could be attainable. Uh That's my hot take. I think that Mavs thing is, we'll see. They they've got one big move left in them at some point. And if they fuck that up, I could totally see him being attainable. But it won't be. Would totally oh, you think
1: be... he would be attainable because they want to start a true rebuild, or because he would ask out?
0: I think he would push his way out. I don't. I don't buy this whole like he's fucking gonna stay there forever just because. Because he's not a guy.
1: with... I don't think it's a situation like Donovan Mitchell or even even you know even SGA was talked. I don't think Luca would ever be the kind of situation. Where it's like, well, we're not winning anything for the next couple of years. It's more valuable to get eight, nine picks or whatever. Yeah, it is. yeah, yeah, yeah. No That would never be the case with Luca.
0: No, it's he's a generational player. You like like Conrad said, if if I was the GM I'd be like, I don't care if you want to trade. Like I, I literally don't care. I'm not trading you. But like I think he could conceivably push his way out. The problem is I don't think these guys he wouldn't this wouldn't be for like at least another three years or something like that, if not longer. Because he yeah. five year extension is just kicking in this next season. Okay, uh, DeAndre Ayton definitely
2: could be available for yeah. sure. <laughs> is available as soon as his uh, as soon as the contract allows. Is
0: him. is Ayton a star?
2: <clears throat> you know, I was thinking this is one thing. I don't know if I ran this by you, Schwin, at some point. But one thing I was thinking is like, let's say you you make this Jonathan Mitchell trade, you keep Randall. For now, and then you flip Randall and Mitchell for Ayton. Is that is that and something? Mitchell? No,
0: sorry, uh, Mitchell Robinson. Oh, uh, yeah, I would do that. I would definitely do that.
2: I mean, it would mean it would mean sacrificing this the this season to whatever Randall, whatever's going on with Randall. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Just another. I feel like this man has like the he is the fucking franchise in a. In the pop of his head, it's Julius Randle. It's, no, it's true, though. It's true. Uh, no, I, I think... I agree with you. I don't think Aiton is a star. I think there's still something there with him where he could be a star. The lack of physicality really worries me. But, like, the guy is so naturally talented that even with that, like, he's a borderline star to me. You know, like, I think he's very close to the being there i do wonder and and the thing that i think is really that kind of sucks for him is i totally buy that like he can be a 20 point scorer if they gave him usage mm-hmm. but like the way their offense is set up right with paul especially and booker he's just not going to be that um anytime soon for them but yeah i, I think he could be a table. just quickly do we like
2: do we like uh Let's say we make that trade that I just mentioned. So Randall and Robinson for um, Aiden. Do we like a, uh, let's say, Brunson, Donovan, RJ, OB, Aiden lineup? I love that lineup. It seems like a pretty fucking
1: good lineup to me.
2: (laughs) Stacey, do you you like that lineup?
1: It'd be good. I mean, I don't know what the cap would look like at that point. But um, I actually...
2: Like upwards of thirty million on a center is pretty rough, but
1: uh. and your RJ is probably going to be making over twenty. It, I mean, you have be, and then you would have Mitchell and Brunson too, right? So. It
0: is like, yeah, I I agree that playing eight in that much is a little bit rough. But at the end of the day, like you're take you're just reorganizing money that's already on your cap sheet that you're locked into, right? Like Mitchell's on your book. Mitchell Robinson's on the books for the next four years. Julius Randle's on your books for the next four years. So if you take that money and turn it into DeAndre Ayton, like that would be good to me. That, that's a win,
2: right? Yeah,
0: that's that's a win to me. Um, okay, Jaron Jackson Jr.
2: Oh yeah, I think I think he could be available. Yeah. Uh, is he? Do you think he's like proven enough? Because you've I got, don't. You, yeah. You've got like Ayton who and and Donovan Mitchell, right? Like you have a proof of concept that like. Donovan Mitchell plus a low usage defensive center works, and Ayton plus a high sc- a high usage scoring guard works. I don't know what kind of proof of concept we have of Jaron Jackson, like being good in that role. You know what I mean?
1: Um, Shwin, who do you th- uh, actually? Both of you guys, who do you think is the best player on the Grizzlies right now?
0: Um, I think it's jaron jackson jr but like he is so inconsistent and the things that he sucks at are so frustrating like his lack of rebounding is a problem he fouls way too much the three-point shot is super inconsistent but like when he's on the floor his defensive impact is so ridiculous I, mean, I think
1: that's the toughest niche to feel, fill. Someone who is high-level rim protector that can also shoot threes. This is why part of the reason you're still like open to maybe KP coming back, right? Um, bring him, bring him home. <laughs> bring him home. I said
2: yeah. Schwinn, uh, but but if we were Wait, Schwinn, Schwinn, is Schwinn is open to that.
0: Oh yeah, Schwinn he, is stumping for that. So. Yeah, even playing. though we know he's
2: like in the clan. <laughs> um.
0: <laughs> Look, it's this is. This Look, is it is what it is.
1: <laughs> but if we're if we're um, if we're talking about especially if we do keep Mitch, right? If you're talking, that's ideally the player you have is somebody with mobility, switchability, cover up for that undersized backcourt, and can fit with Mitch on offense by being a floor spacer. I understand there's concerns about the consistency. Still, only 22 years old. Um, I will admit, the injury history is
0: also a thing. With
1: him. I, I will admit, I was high on him out of the draft. Uh, I had Did him. Did you have
0: him equal with Luca or? above I him? had him
1: number one, and I had Luca number two. Wow. Um
0: you're a fucking fraud.
1: Uh, I know. I'm basically Rashad <laughs> Phillips. I wouldn't touch Luca with a ten foot pole. He's going to average. He would average ten and three in in the, the ACC or something. I think he said something like that.
2: This is my. Um, I'm the Rashad Phillips of uh, of uh, of Chet Holmgren. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. We'll, we'll see. I'm, I might go down in flames. <laughs> um. But um I mean I I would
1: love to to, to get Jaron Jackson on this team, especially if we have that backcourt. And especially if we're keeping hell, even if we get rid of Randall and Mitch and like Obi and Jaron Jackson, that's where the rebounding becomes a concern. But like he would actually be the perfect he's the perfect power forward to play next to Mitch because Mitch's one elite skill, his most elite skill is rebounding,
0: right? So yeah. yeah. All right, so that's that. I think that's one. He's attainable. I don't. I, he's like the one. He's a really tough player to.
1: By the way, I think he'd, it'd be stupid of the of Memphis to trade him. Yeah. Uh, and if it's because they need to pay Ja or something like that, I think that I also think that that's a very analytically driven front office that ultimately will value Jaron Jackson
0: more than the league does. But... It's it's a very interest. That's that'll be the injury history with him though is like that's the thing that is actually very concerning to me with him. Um. The rest of the stuff I can like talk myself into. Um but yeah, okay. Troy Young. I don't I don't think he'll be attainable at all the next years. Conrad? Um I
2: don't know. I, I think he could be. Um not not because they would wanna trade him, but because he would just wanna to go to a bigger market. Um I don't, and I don't think that he's the, the "I'm going down with the ship" type of player. He seems to like be willing to call the shots out there, you yeah. know, and and they they kind of do whatever they, he tells them to do. Um, I had this interaction with his father on Twitter. Um,
1: <laughs> he's a pretty and, nice guy on Twitter,
2: isn't? Oh, he? Oh yeah, he's a he's a sweetheart. Um, but yeah, I had an interaction with him when I did the <laughs> "Fuck Trey Young" comic, and he was like. Uh, See, this Knicks fans are so creative. Like, look at this; it's such a creative comic. <laughs> it was my like "fuck Trey Young" comic. <laughs> um, but, uh, but he, I don't know. This I got a vibe that that he they were like, "Ooh, like Knicks fans are fun." I don't, you know what I mean? Like, I just got a vibe that that was like an, of interest.
0: Interesting. Yeah. Okay, uh, Kevin Knox. <laughs> <laughs> available! Available! I don't know, so, okay, uh, seriously not. SGA
1: Is he available for Barcelona is a better question um,
0: <laughs>
2: SGA uh, uh, SGA, I, I've never really bought that OKC was willing to move him, except for like like the number one pick in a
0: draft, you know I think, uh, I'm gonna, I say yes, in the next couple of years I think he's definitely attainable.
1: I would agree with Conrad. I've never understood that. Um, and also now I think it's probably less likely than it was before because they're finally still like the, the transition to like from tanking to like, we need to start being competitive is happening within the next couple of years. Um, not just Chet, but they they brought in a few high level uh, rookies. I think Jalen Williams in particular is going to be really effective off the bat they're probably one more year of tanking and then like realistically while they have all of this young talent, they're gonna need someone to, to captain the ship. Um, and wh- what better than another super young guy who's improving every year? So I I don't know why they would trade SGA, it just makes no sense.
0: Um I I don't know that he would want to stay there. Uh, and again, you just said they're gonna do another tank thing this year. This
2: is like
1: But um, I think it's the last year.
0: But it's it's already been two years of his career. now you're going to do a third. like if I'm him, I'm I'd look at myself and I'm like, I'm every bit as good as Darius Garland, I'm every bit as good as Trey Young, I'm every bit as good as these guys, and nobody gives a shit because you won't let me play. and if I'm him, that's annoying, and I'm not okay with just like, well, just one more year because you say one more year, but let's say they don't get one Benyama. Let's say they don't get Scoot Henderson, right? They end up with one of the fucking Amen brothers or whatever the fuck. Like, I'm not... <laughs> let's say, let's
2: say Chet Holmgren turns out to be a scarecrow.
0: Yeah, like, let, let's say let's say Holmgren, I'm, I think he's probably going to be pretty decent, but, like, let's say he just fucking sucks. Like, I'm not convinced OKC is just like, well, it's okay that he sucks, and it's okay we didn't get Weminyama and Scoot, or these the top, top guys, like, now we're going to be serious. I don't think... I think there's a that, Yeah, if that,
1: if that all... I So, if that all happens within the next two years, absolutely. They, they uh, probably will have to uh, trade SGA even for their own purposes, yeah, but I, 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 just I think
0: don't there's think there's all of room. that is happening. So. I think it's possible. He's I think he's going to be a 10. Put that right
2: yeah, I, I wouldn't say it's impossible, you know, but I, I think it, it largely depends on him, right? Like, is, is he as you say, you know,
0: getting antsy out yeah. there and then there's only a couple more uh i don't think he's a star and i actually despise him and i hate him and i hope he fails in his career but i'm gonna ask uh michael porter jr uh, i mean probably right
1: just a weird thing he's got the injuries and he's making what 40 million a year
0: yeah,
2: he's
1: got, ins- or something like that, yeah. he's got an insane contract I just I don't think a team will it it'll be a little bit like Rudy and he did end up getting traded but even if Porter Jr is healthy Denver overpaid because they're a small market with a star that needed to surround their star with talent uh, I don't think I don't see a world in which Porter Jr gets valued. Enough because of that contract, where it'd be worthwhile for Denver to trade him. So, is he attainable? Sure, but like, it's just there's not a deal that I think makes sense for both sides.
0: He has he has
2: Ben Simmonsy vibes too of like that he thinks that he's better than
0: he is, and he's uh, just a he's such a weird player. Like, he literally doesn't do anything other than the only two things he does well are shoot and rebound. He literally he sucks at like every other thing. But he's so good at those two that there is some like weird.
1: He's also a really good finisher, right?
0: Yeah, I mean, but that's not like the elite skill, right? Well, like he can get like, those. I mean, he can get yeah. to the
1: rim and finish at a high level. Like, but that's... that,
0: but, but he can't. I don't think he's good, like he can get to the rim because he plays with Jokic. But if he was leading your offense, he's not getting to the rim.
1: Yeah, but he's not. I, I mean, he's I'm not Reggie for a lot. But I, I, I don't, I don't, I think it matters that like. Off a closeout or with a little bit of space, he can take two dribbles and a yam Not not just the yam, like he's like he's finished over seventy percent every year, right? Just like
0: just say just say you're maga, Stacey. Just no,
1: say. I think the big I more than that stuff, which I agree, and like the defense has been inconsistent. Although I think it has improved from his rookie year. Uh, and more, more worry worrisome thing is that uh, is the injury to me. Like just that much money in a player who hasn't been yeah. able to stay healthy is, is the big issue.
0: Yeah. All right. Uh, there's only a couple more here. Anfernee Simons? Um, yeah, well,
2: that w- I think that would be if Shaden Sharp emerges and they decide they like Sharp better, because kind of similar skill set. I, I mean, my thought of Shaden Sharp was like, he's kind of like Anthony without the handle <laughs>
0: a yeah. little bit. Um, I think he would be attainable in the next couple of years, but like, that, that I'll just say, that, yes. Yes, I think I think there's a world where he's attainable in the next couple of years.
1: Who do you mm-hmm. think is going to be the better player in three years? Quickly or Simons? Quickly. I think there's an argument because Simons' defense is so bad right now.
0: That... It'll, never, it'll, it'll never be good. He does not <laughs> have that dog in him. He does not care about defense. He can't play defense. He's um, dogless. But like, he is like a pretty spectacular offensive player. At least he showed glimpses of being a spectacular offensive.
1: He player. he carried them for a year. His passing has come a long way. He is an elite shot creator, pull-up shooter and a great athlete. Like that's the upside in his game is really using his athleticism more at the rim, but um there are massive holes in his game. So yeah. All
0: right. So I just wanted to do this. Oh, There's another player him?
1: I wanted to discuss um oh, about yeah. the Knicks targeting, but Zaire uh, Smith Nope. In terms of the mold we just described, um, but you, sorry, I'll let you finish first.
0: Well, I was just going to say like that is like the twenty sixteen, twenty seventeen, twenty eighteen drafts, the closest set of players that's conceivably going to be able to like be traded in the next couple of years. Um, and so I like I could not tell you who is the next player that's going to ask out or. Like, it's tough. Like, I do understand why there's, you know, uh, a a school of thought that like, hey, look, like Mitchell is out here. We can get him. He's 25. I don't know who the next star is going to be. And I don't know if that player is going to be young or want to be in New York and all that kind of stuff. Like, I, I do understand that school of thought more now after like I went through this the other day. I still tend to just think, that isn't a great argument because we know that players do come on the market when not expected all the time. Yeah. Right? Completely like completely unexpectedly.
2: I
1: mean, yeah, we, but also about, but sorry, here's, stop. here's the other thing. Like they do come on at unexpected times. Why are the Knicks not interested in Kevin Durant right now? Because he's because 34 years old and it wouldn't add it. Sorry. Unless there's he, a different...
0: oh, well, he's a loser. That's what, well, that's the one.
1: right. But the thing is when these older stars come up, when Harden came up, um, you know, like the Knicks have always been in a situation where, like, even this doesn't make you a contender, and then you get one year of KD, and then what is it, right? With so, a guy like Mitchell, it brings you closer to like then if you add a guy like KD or a guy right, like Paul George, right?
0: It doesn't see. matter that they're
1: old because you they now immediately vault you to that level.
0: So i I think that that's a good argument, but isn't that like let's say the Knicks this come this this year they come out they are. 47 and 35. They get a six seed. They push a team in the first round to six games or something like that. Okay. RJ, like the all the young dudes are progressing nicely. You know, uh, Jalen Brunson is a hit of a signing. Hmm. Julius Randle bounces back. And either we have Mitchell or... in this world. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, no, we don't have Donovan Mitchell in this role. Okay. okay. Uh, Julius Randle bounces back. And whether that means that we're able to trade him for value or he's like a solid piece for us. Whatever that is, that happens. Like, isn't that a situation then that if a KD was on the market all of a sudden, or like that you would be like, you know what, it might be worth it for us to go get this guy now. It might be worth it for us to give up all our picks because if we add that MVP caliber player to this team, now all of a sudden we are we do have a chance to compete. And like, that's kind of why I don't know. Like the Mitchell, it's the Mitchell trade. It's it's like a very fascinating situation because I think there are like there are arguments to go either way with it, I tend to be on the more conservative, like, I would probably just walk away and tell Danny Ainge to go fuck himself, because I don't think I think he's asking for the price that is that should be only paid for the type, like Donovan Mitchell will probably be a first ballot Hall of Famer, but I think there's a difference between him being a first ballot Hall of Famer and somebody like Steph Curry or Giannis or Kevin Durant, right? Like Like, those guys are obviously just in a different class of player. And I think, like, Ainge is demanding a price that those guys were, like, I would feel comfortable giving up for them. But, like, at the same age, especially, obviously. But even, like, if they were 30, 31, I would would feel a lot better about it. But, like, I don't don't know. I, I just, the price he's asking for seems so bananas. And I feel like people are... Talking themselves into it because they're and I I I struggle with this too because I talked myself into it also like it's because the Rudy Gobert trade has skewed perception of like what is acceptable value so much. Yeah, I mean,
1: it's not just the trade; it's also because free agency has become a dead end.
0: Mm -hmm,
1: mm -hmm. Um, Good point. point. That's why trade. I think trade values. I don't think that trend is going to go away. Mm Um, The other thing, and Conrad, I'll let you hop in for a uh, a second, but the only other thing I'd add is that I don't think it's as simple as saying, well, the Knicks had a net rating that was 41. They should have had 41 wins. They only won 37. I don't think it's as simple as saying Brunson and the team like playing a little bit better gets them to 47 wins because as much as there was mismanagement, the Knicks do really struggle with fourth-quarter scoring. Can Brunson be that guy to – Remedy exactly. that fine. But that, that is why the Mitchell thing is not so simple as it's just that you're adding a quote unquote oh. star. It is specifically what he's good at, which is that is why this team underperforms. And that's why um, you know, even if they won forty seven games, I don't think they would look quite that good in the playoffs just because that is the biggest hole, and that hole shows up more in the playoffs than regulars.
0: So but like so just real quick there, like if the Raptors could keep their core pieces but acquire Kevin Durant. Like, that team's a title contender, right?
1: If the Raptors could... Who are their core pieces? Barnes, so Pasc- Precious...
0: Pascal, uh, Precious, not, or not Precious. Not Precious, uh, yeah. yeah. Pascal, Barnes, Van Vliet. Uh,
1: not the... There, there is another player who I did want to ask about. That's OG? Yeah. Um,
0: well, okay, we'll, we'll set that aside. Let's just, let's say, let's just say, for the argument's sake, like, is part of the core. So, your your lineup then, after you get Kevin Durant, it would be Van Vliet, OG, KD, Barnes, Siakam, some weirdo lineup like like that. That team is a contender, I think, right? At the very least? Yeah. Okay. So, what, like, that team had a very try hard, workman like 48 win season last year. They went into the first round, they played their hearts out, and then by Game 5, Philly figured it out and they smacked them around. And they looked out-talented, out-classed, out-everything, okay? Um, and we also know that Philly...
1: Didn't Barnes get hurt, too?
0: Barnes was hurt for the first game, but he came back and he was fine. Um, and then, obviously, Philly, we saw in the next round, like they were not even close to Miami, who... Miami, they were not even close to Boston, to me, but they somehow nearly almost won that series, so what the fuck? Um, but, like... My, all, all I'm saying is, like, I think the Knicks could do that and, like, have a workman-like, try-hard 47-48 win season and then get out-talented in the first round. But you would feel good about the odds of, like, well, if we can keep our core pieces and add, I don't know, let's just say fucking Tatum was on the market next year for some reason. Um, Like, if you were like, well, they just want all of our picks and pick swaps and fucking whatever, like, I would feel comfortable making that trade, right? Because I'd be like, well, if we get Tatum now, there's a different team. And I want to go back to the fourth quarter scoring thing real quick because wouldn't you say that a lot of that is actually... I feel like that's a knock on Tibbs and how he deploys us in the fourth quarter versus, like, it's a fundamental issue with the roster. And I think even if... that, I, I do think there is something to be said of, like, You need a guy who, when because we know, like the fourth quarter, teams tighten up. Like, there's the focus is different, the pressure is different, the physicality, all that kind of stuff is different, right? But like, I think adding a Brunson to that alleviates that. At least in the
1: regular season, it does. Yeah, I still think it's an issue in the playoffs. Like, I'm talking
0: about. I I, I agree with that though. We're not scoring in the fourth against
1: teams like Golden State. But
0: it's that. But I'm saying that's an issue for a team like Toronto right now too. And and I think we just. I do like think it. that
1: the, where I would defer there is I do think their defensive core and like how much length and athleticism they have is a big difference maker. I know you're not as high in, as on Scotty Barnes, but I do think that is probably an upside piece that's higher than anyone on the Knicks right now. Oh, um God.
0: God, this guy is such a fucking overrated
1: bum. I would say Achua <laughs> is better than anyone on the Knicks. Or not Achua, sorry. Siakam, wow. I keep Achua. I saw so many people talking about him. I think there was a war between Heat and Raptors Twitter about he, Achua. He is, and he, is a
0: fun, he is a fun player, though. Achua?
1: Achua. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, I like him a lot. Um, shout out Prez. Prez was very early on that bandwagon. Prez just track. liked him
0: because he's from New York City.
1: <laughs> um,. <laughs> So I do think there's a palpable talent difference between the Raptors and the Knicks, but I I, I get your point. So
0: yeah, I just like but yeah, whatever the nuances of like how the teams achieve forty seven, forty eight wins. Like I just feel like in that scenario, I would feel good about the Knicks potentially. Yeah, I I like I don't. I guess what I'm saying is I don't. I don't necessarily agree that like you have to get Mitchell to then attract an MVP caliber player because. I think there is enough evidence. Like the fact of the matter is, we went thirty-seven and forty-five last year. We had one playoff berth the year before that. And Donovan Mitchell wants to come here, and we took whatever you want to say about Jalen Brunson. Yes, he's not an All Star. He's not some like super high profile player. We took him from a team. He was the second best player on a Western Conference Finals team. And yes, he has connections here, and he's from the. But like, we went out and signed him. Like, there isn't. A, I don't care about the media narrative. Like, if the Knicks are good and they're competent. Guys will want to come here. And if, like, next year this team doesn't do the Mitchell trade and they have a good year, they make the playoffs, I think uh, the next disgruntled super megastar or whatever would want to angle his way to New York. Like, it could very conceivably, at least, let me say, want to angle his way to New York. Um, like, I think there's a world, and I know people think this is crazy, but like, I think there's a world where LeBron has whatever year he has in LA. He doesn't really like it. They don't do anything because they can't do anything. Uh, and he's like, "Fuck this! Uh, why not go to New York or something like that?" Who is like, sorry LeBron. Like I, I could oh, see yeah. that. Yeah. Well, that that would
2: be like why the Westbrook thing might happen, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> to clear to clear the cap space for him.
0: Yeah. It, it's just like I think that there's like we you never know, right? That's the only thing we can say is that you would never... LeBron.
1: So a starting lineup of quickly. Brunson, RJ, OB, LeBron. Or LeBron and Mitchell, I guess. How LeBron think, and Robinson.
0: How do you think LeBron would feel about playing off of Emmanuel quickly? <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, I'm actually, I'm dead serious. If we believe in our young core, I, I'll throw this to Conrad, because um, I don't know if you are quite as high as, as Schwin. Do you think adding like our young core intact, plus Brunson and LeBron, would make this team a title contender?
2: Well, you know what though, and no, <laughs> I think I think it'd be pretty good. It wouldn't make us a title contender, but I think that that actually, to me, is an argument for trading for Donovan Mitchell because I think Donovan R.J. Lebron is a is probably a title contender.
1: And that is kind of, that's, that is kind of my point, right? And maybe maybe it's the case that we are underrating the core and they really would be that good next. But if we if we trade for LeBron, that is a, basically you're getting a year or two. Um, no matter how much he wants to play with Bronny, I don't think he's going to be LeBron for until he's 44. So um, you're trading for a year or two to put yourself over the top. So unless you have, like, you have to have everything else in place at that point. And the question is, does trading for Mitchell get you closer to that? or just keeping the young who gets you closer to that. I think it's tough, but I think I would agree with Conrad that I think Mitchell ultimately is the piece that, that gets you a little bit closer to being ready for that. Um, you know, the final piece.
2: Yeah. See, like I would be in on trading for KD if we, if we could swing a deal, if we got Donovan Mitchell, um, it would oh, be, God.
0: yeah.
2: <laughs> I, I, sorry. Sorry to even bring up that, but you, you guys wanted to bring back Chris So whatever.
0: <laughs> um, I, uh, I would be so. I would. I, I. It would be bad enough having to like rebrand myself as a LeBron fan uh, if we ever got LeBron. But man, I don't think I could do it with KD. I'd just be like, I would just ignore that he was on the team.
1: You would so, complain a lot about LeBron, by the way, Schwinn. Uh He does not get back on defense. It's yeah, Julius I mean, Randle level. I,
0: oh, I. I know, and <laughs> just I. The, I would, he's he,
1: not Julius Randle on offense. So
0: exactly. Like I can deal with Julius Randle level defense if. You're LeBron we, on off We picture how
2: annoying Julius <laughs> Randall Twitter would be if LeBron was on the team and like they would just be like apologizing for every fucking thing he did. <laughs> but um I I wanna just like maybe I don't know if we're closing soon, but like some just I had like two two points basically. Going through that, I know I know that I came down on like I don't think that Shea will be traded. But I know that the last time I was on this podcast, we talked about Donovan Mitchell. I don't know if you remember, Schmin. Um And I was like, I think he might be available. And you were like, no, I don't think he's going to be available this summer. And you sort of talked me into him not being available. And I was like, I, where I landed was, okay, I think maybe the door is like slightly cracked. That There's like a 5% chance that Donovan Mitchell is available this summer. Right? And I think that if you ask me now about Shay, I would say, okay, I think there's a 5% chance that he might be available within the next two years, right? Or maybe in the next year, I would say. There's probably a stronger chance within two years. But, um, and the idea that you would blow your chance at Shay, who to me is knocking on the door of being a top 15 player um, because you went for Donovan Mitchell. Like, that is a bad thing. (laughs) So, uh, and I also, so that's my first point. Like, I I think that if you're talking about if it's between those two players, hands down, I want Shea more than I want Donovan Mitchell. Um, And then I think the second thing is... We were talking earlier um, and Schwinn and I were in a, the Knicks after dark spaces a couple nights ago. Um, partly like why I wanted to come talk on the pod is I thought it was interesting because we were kind of talking about and Schwinn talk about, t- touched on this a little earlier at the beginning of the pod, but um, like the whole thing about does Danny Ainge, is his back against the wall Does or does he have the leverage or whatever? I think that they know that if the Jazz go into next season with Donovan Mitchell on the roster, which is a possibility, right? He he's It's not going to be a good team like we were talking about. And I think that his reputation changes. And I think his reputation is already starting to change, that he might just be, you know, like a, a selfish, empty stats kind of player. Not empty stats, but... You know, one of these offensive players... A, one, that a one-way is, player. It, he maybe raises your ceiling, but not your floor, right? Um, and that's... You know, we have Beal who does that. Um, a, a few years ago, you would argue maybe that Zach Levine was that type of player. Um And then... Uh, and uh, I think that if that happens, his value goes way down. And then I think that his... If you were... To, and he'll still be available for trade next year. <laughs> And I think that if you wait till next summer, you might have more options and the price for Donovan Mitchell might be naturally
0: significantly lower than it is now. So Uh, I think the only issue then is that in a year, I think there'll be more teams that can pay that price. And so I don't know if the price would actually change very much because I just think there'd be more suitors. So I you, like, whatever price the Knicks are gonna have to pay for Mitchell is probably the price they're gonna have to pay in a year. And I do think that there
1: will be, um, I, I would definitely have the same takeaways that Conrad mentioned, but I can see the Stephen A propaganda machine, especially just blaming it all on May, on Ainge and making it completely their fault. And it's not Donovan Mitchell's fault at all. Like, I so, think that uh, narrative will be spun a lot.
0: One, like, this is like, honestly, I, I can't get over this because, like, the framing of this from um, most of the media has been like there's all this pressure on the Knicks to make this deal. They have to make the, get this deal done. Ainge has all the leverage. Ainge is like the master, negotiator, dude, whatever. You know, he has no timeline. He's he's happy to go into the season with Don Mitchell. He'd love he no work, no concern for him. Like, I want Leon to call his bluff, man. Like, I think you have to call his bluff. Like like what is What is the reason for the Knicks to make this trade right now? There's no reason to. Like, they're not reporting, players aren't reporting to camp for like another two months. Okay, you want to play it out? Let's play it out. Let's fucking stare at each other and see what happens. Because like I I this I think the Knicks have a good team. Is it a great team? Is it a wonderful team? Are they a guaranteed playoff team? No. But like it's a good team. And I think they've got good young pieces. And I feel like the fan base, for the most part, aside from the Julius Randle thing, I feel like the fan base is pretty excited about this team, as it stands. Um, like, yes, there's obviously fans, and, I, you know, us, like, we've talked about Donovan Mitchell enough. There is an appeal to getting Donovan Mitchell. But if they didn't get Donovan Mitchell, I feel like the fan base would still be pretty excited about this team. And, I, for, and for good reason. Like, I think you have to call his bluff. This guy wants to act. You want to go into the season with Donovan Mitchell? All right. Fucking do it, pal. Let's do it. Like, like, what are we talking about here? The guy tipped his hand. He doesn't want to win fucking games. And, yeah, I don't think they're going to win a lot of games with Donovan Mitchell, even if he's on the roster still. But they'll win more than they will without him. You know, like, if they trade Donovan Mitchell for four first-round picks and Quentin Grimes, they're winning 20 games max next year. Like look at and and you know he's not done tearing it down. Like he's going to trade Bogdanovich, he's going to trade Conley, he's going to trade Beverly, Vanderbilt. Like he's going probably to probably Beasley
1: when he gets a chance.
0: Yeah, yeah, he's going to strip down this roster and load up with as many picks as he can and he wants to build from the ground up. And that's fine. I actually think that's a pretty reasonable overall set of decisions. Right? But like there is a pressure you know, there is pressure to do that. And you think it's going to play... Like, it's all great that Donovan Mitchell hasn't demanded out yet. Well, let's let's see how that goes when he comes into training camp, his rookie head coach. He knows this team has no ambitions to win this year. This is a guy who's been in the playoffs every year of his career. He played for a successful Louisville team who lost to Michigan in the NCAA tournament. Go fuck yourself. Um, but, like, he's... Been successful, right? Like, he's experienced, he has not played on a losing team in maybe his entire career. So, all the like, I just but his dad does work for the Mets. So, that's true. Good point. Uh, shots. That's tough, tough one for Conrad as a Mets fan. Um, but like, I just think that you should play it out. Like, you know, if he wants to say he has the leverage because he's willing to. And waited out with Donovan Mitchell, and he's he has no fear of bringing him back to the to training camp and holding it out. Like oh, like like I heard David fucking Locke on Locked On Knicks, and he's like, oh well, what's gonna happen when your team starts seven and ten, and there's all this pressure? Okay, what's what happens when your team is like seven and thirteen, and the other tanking teams are already four games ahead of you, quote unquote, in the race for Victor Wembanyama, like. Because that's what Ainge wants to do, right? He wants to maximize his chances at the top of the lottery, and keeping Donovan Mitchell runs counter to that. I don't think it plays well with with Mitchell or his camp. They might be saying all the right things right now. I don't think it plays well with his camp if you do that. There's an understanding between these two parties. I think that they need to split their ways, split ways, which is why Ainge, look, he tipped his hand with the Gobert trade. They didn't get anything for him. Right, like they didn't get anything of value on the court. I guess is what I mean. Like that's not a real t- retool trade. That is a blow it up trade. And he can claim all he wants until he's blue in the face. And all these fucking loser piece of shit jazz fans that are fucking probably all racist scumbags. Uh, you know they can all suck off Danny Ainge as much as they want. Oh, fucking all time traitor, traitor Danny. Like, let me tell you something about Danny Ainge. He basically got fucking fired from his last job. Because he was terrible for the last three or four years of it. He, 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 like, he, this I know he's the master trade negotiator. He, what, what good trade did he make in Boston for the last three years he was there? Name me one. He, none. Because, why? Because he's so fucking obsessed with value, he couldn't do it. And it's a lot easier to trade off a high asset piece than it is to land a high asset piece at, because he always wants to win a trade, right? It's easier to fleece someone when you're when you're selling the prized asset versus ripping somebody off when you're trying to acquire the prized asset. And you know, cool, you can sell off, but like, don't let's not act like Danny Ainge is some like all time master GM who never fucks up. And not, the guy fucking sucked his last three years in Boston. He was a fucking awful GM. No amount of retcon. This, you know, this like this backwards credit people want to give him because the Celtics made it to the finals. No, get the fuck out of here. Like Ainge wouldn't have fired Stevens and hired a different coach. He wouldn't have made any of the margin moves that Stevens made that sacrificed future picks to acquire players that could help them win. Now those are all moves Danny Ainge did you not make. The, the White trade. No. I don't think Danny Ainge would have done shit. He would have been sitting there telling us about how Aaron Neesmith is the fucking solution. They just need more time. Like, he wouldn't have done any of these fucking things, you know? I think he's, he's a fine GM, but he's not this infallible god of, like, front office management in the annals of NBA history. Like, he is not a Pat Riley. He's not a Jerry West. He's not any of these guys, okay? There are plenty of GMs that have won championships that aren't lionized as, like, these... Hall, like Hall of Fame, all time great. Like, what is the difference between Danny Ainge and Joe Dumars? Like, really? Like, what are we talking about here? Danny Ainge is a very good GM who's had some bad years and won a championship back in 2008. Congratulations! But like, I'm not that impressed by his overall record or resume. I think he's incredibly fortunate. He's an incredibly lucky, fortunate GM. Uh he's very lucky that Michael Jordan rejected uh an offer that would have been insane for Justice Winslow. Like there's a lot of luck that goes into this too with Danny Ainge. So let's not act like he's, you know, we should be like Leon Rose was like the fucking Michael Jordan of basketball agents. Okay. If there's somebody who should not be scared and I don't think we'll be scared of negotiating with Danny Ainge, it is him. And I hope that he I actually hope that he plays this out because I want I wanna see. I wanna see Danny Ainge. You know, he wants to he, he thinks he has all the cards, he has all the leverage, he's happy to keep Donovan Mitchell. All right, keep him, let's see how that goes.
1: But well, how will we survive another two months of suspense when
0: uh my okay,
1: screen so. time can't handle it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean look, Ainge is obviously better than Doomers, like I, I'm not saying that, but I, I just think like the conversation around him is a bit much, you know?
1: Dumar is still a the, the championship team, so I think he gets a lot of flack, but you uh, know, I don't... Yeah, they were him. kind
0: of... I think he was in a... He was, it was a weird situation after that, because you're like yeah. he's trying killed. to win.
1: He yeah. gets killed for the Darko trade, um, but like, he also got... Oh, not the trade, the pick, obviously, which, mm. yeah, generational draft and you missed. Um, Shout-out Kevin Knox. Um, but... um you know, I think that, um, this is tangent for sure, but Dumars, like, one pick he got, I remember he got criticized for not taking Trey Burke over Cantavius Caldwell-Pope, which ended up being the right move. So, like, I think he just took a lot of flack after that. Um, one other thing, so I think we all, whether or not they get Donald Mitchell, I think kind of um, with Brunson, especially if Quickly is going to be a big part of the team, with Grimes not being that huge, a kind of oversized athletic wing um, would be the right kind of guy to go after. The budget version of this at this point puts some upside, maybe OG and Anobi. If they get Mitchell, maybe that's bec- makes it more useful to get him now, or maybe you you want to save your draft capital for an actual star. But let's say they don't get Mitchell, or they say that you know the way to improve our team next year, next to um, next to Brunson is to go after a guy like OG and Anobi. How do you guys feel about that? And what do you think it would cost to get him,
0: Conrad?
2: You're saying um, after Donovan Mitchell, or, or I
1: think in either case, and maybe I mean maybe if we if they if Leon Rhodes says we have this 23 year old 6'10 wing who's shown some creation ability, and you know we can get him for much cheaper, you know maybe that gives us leverage. But let's say with or without Mitchell, like how do you feel about maybe going after O.J. Ananobi and what he might cost?
2: Right. Uh, I mean, I think probably OG if he, you know, probably costs like two picks. Unprotected. I would say maybe I don't know. What What do you think? Maybe like top four protected or something like that. Um, I think I think both probably neither unprotected one might be protected. I don't know. Yeah, I, I would be into it. I'd be more into it if we got uh, Donovan Mitchell, <laughs> just because uh I I don't think that he brings enough creation to the team so he's kind of like somewhat duplicative with um what we already have uh I'd rather I like to the short answer is I kind of I guess no I lean no just because um yeah I like Grimes there I like RJ I I I'd, I'd rather just roll with like those guys, and I think that he has kind of a duplicative skill set there. But, but I, I definitely see the argument that, like, okay, maybe he plays power forward. Yeah. Um, if Donovan Mitchell, um, if Donovan Mitchell is here and uh, we get rid of Randall, that that's kind of I kind of be into that, I'm sure.
1: Sure,
0: well, um, I I don't care about OG and OB. I wouldn't trade for him unless we. To me, he's a player you go after if you already have your offensive centerpiece. So if we had Donovan Mitchell, maybe I'd consider it. But at that point, like, we're probably going to be... Our assets will be depleted. I'm not sure you want to throw out another one to get him. Um, I don't know. I just... The shooting is fine. I don't really like him as an on-ball creator at all. I don't think his passing is very good. I his feel, all that kind of stuff. Like, he's not, like, a high-end offensive piece at all. Defensively, he's good. I do think he's a bit overrated. Like, I don't think he's a lockdown dude you just throw on an island against elite scorers and he shuts them up. Like, I, I think he's he's very good. He's obviously very, very capable of being an excellent cog on an excellent defense. Um, but, like, is he a meaningful, game-changing type of talent? I don't see it. Uh, and... So many people, like, people love the contract. The contract's, what, you got two years left on it? You're going to have to pay the fucking guy. Um, you know, it's whatever. Like, I, I don't, I'm okay on OG. I, I don't think he moves the needle enough for this team from where we are currently. Um, you know, if he was a free agent and you could just sign him, that's obviously a different scenario. But if you're talking about giving up value to go get him, I'm not really into that.
1: Okay. Um. So there's a few things there. So you I mean because you talked about you know maybe this team as is, especially if not last year's Julius Randall, whether that's him improving or just trade makes gets forty-seven wins. At that point, you would say that our biggest weakness was a um an offensive centerpiece. That's the wording you used. Yes. Okay. What if you have faith, like? Do you think Brunson could ever be as good as Donovan Mitchell on offense?
0: I think it's possible, uh, not necessarily likely, but sure possible.
1: And especially because what the way I think about it is, you have like Brunson. If you have Brunson, Grimes, R.J., Ob, and Mitchell, uh, Mitchell Robinson, I think that could be a really good offensive team. Um, I think if you subbed in quickly for either R.J. or Grimes, in that same right? Because these are all guys that complement Brunson. So if Brunson is not as talented as Mitchell, but he, ha- he he will be surrounded by, like, besides Brandel, everyone is an optimal supporting cast, ancillary supporting ball handler type player, right? Whether it's Grimes with his spacing, R.J. quickly by being able to play the secondary ball handling role. Um, so at that point, I would wonder how much, like, it really depends if you think Brunson can be that guy in the playoffs, or if, like, or, or if they were to trade for a guy like Mitchell, or if they were to get that score down the road, like, they just lack guys like OG on the roster. And if he's available for cheap, I mean, it would seem to make a lot of sense, right? Like, six, seven, six, eight, athletic, long dudes who can guard multiple positions, shoot upper 30s from three, like, that is kind of, that is really, really valuable. And he's, what, 24? OG?
0: Yeah, OG's going to be 25 now. Um yeah, I don't know, man. I just he does nothing for me. Ah! But, would you
1: do it if it was just uh one unprotected and one protected?
0: Absolutely not. For OG and an Obi.
1: So you wouldn't trade a single unprotected. Would you trade would two be- of the protected picks that we have?
0: No. I don't no, okay. he doesn't stay healthy. Like he's like he's another guy that misses fucking time all he all, always misses time. His efficiency plummeted as soon as he had to do some type of self-shock creation this year. Um, not to, like, unmanageable levels, obviously. Still good, but, like... Or passable, anyway. 55 for shooting, not bad. Um, it's higher than R- RJ, I will say that much. But, like... Wow, Tyrese just I know, came like, a little. Yeah, probably. <laughs> if he's listening. Um, but, like, I don't... Like, that's why, like, his playmaking sucks. Which is why I don't really care. And he was at 20, 20 and a half usage this year. Like I, I don't what I don't care. I just don't care about this guy. Like, what the fuck does that do for me? I think you're better off just keeping your assets and waiting. Like, if if you're not going to trade the assets for a, a star, given where the Knicks are, I think you're better off just holding them. Um, would you like, change
1: your mind if we did make the Mitchell trade? Does um, OG become more appealing in that case?
0: Maybe I guess. Like I, I guess yeah, but. At that point, I think our assets would be so poor that I wouldn't want to. I'd be like cherishing whatever we had left uh, instead of wanting to trade them out. Like I I, look, I don't know. Again, we talked about Ingram for a second. Like he is probably the guy that. So I think. Is it fair to say like Ingram is probably viewed at the lower end of the same tier as Donovan Mitchell, something like that?
2: Yeah, I think so.
0: Sure. Like, I would feel more comfortable making a move for Ingram than I am with Donovan Mitchell. I just think like he's not anywhere near as poor defensively. He is also a really, really good three level scorer. And I just like the versatility he provides a bit more than what Mitchell does. Like and I don't again, I don't know if he's gonna be available in a year, two years from now or whatever. But um, yeah, I mean I just think like if you're gonna don't trade your assets for like dudes like O.G. Obi if you're the Knicks. I think you should only start trading out picks for guys of that caliber once you have your star talent. So, like, I like what Boston did this year, right, because they have their stars. So they were like, okay, we're going to trade out a first to go get Derrick Witt. Okay, we're going to trade out a first to go get Malcolm Brogdon. That makes sense to me. It doesn't make sense to me if the Knicks go get O.G. Obi just to do it Right now, because they like him, I don't know that that doesn't really line up to me. Um, also, Cam Rider's gonna be better than him, so don't worry about it.
2: I <laughs> the, the uh, I feel like the over under we were talking about this, Short and I, on um, young players going out in this Donovan Mitchell deal is like 1.5. Um, and uh, just Cam point, out by the way, point cam counts is 0.5. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I, like, I actually, look, if the Knicks are trading out the picks that Danny wants, Danny Angel wants, and Grimes, I this sounds so ridiculous, but, like, I would be like, no, we're keeping Reddish. Like, he's absolutely staying in this trade. You need wings. Like, this team doesn't have as many wings as is. So, like, to trade Reddish, I, I think would be kind of irresponsible. Um, you know, because to make the math work, right, Fournier and Rose would have to go out. And Fournier is not, like, some amazing wing, obviously. Uh, but he's a really good shooter, and he is a wing. Like, he is a wing-sized player. They already moved Burks, so Burks is gone. Like, you're pretty thin on the wing as is. Would be even more thin in the event of a uh, of Grimes exiting in, the, in a trade. So, like, I kind of think you have to keep Reddish at that point.
2: Yeah, I, I also just, I like what he kind of brings to the team. Um off the bench uh I like that he's got that six eight actual six eight six nine 6'9". are sign. you <laughs> yeah, camp fan i'm I'm like you know i'm like the the black sheep uncle of the camp, camp. <laughs> I, like, I like show up i drink the i drink the beer, i leave early
0: you know <laughs> you enjoy the get togethers, but you're not. Yeah, I'm,
2: I'm, I'm at the Rosh Hashanah camp for the free food. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: look, I think, Stacey, before we get out of here, I think you did want to touch a little bit on uh, a fella in Cleveland. So, uh, if you
1: want to... I wouldn't have used those words exactly. Um, but, uh, yeah, um, Colin Sexton. Uh, so the Knicks have acquired Jalen Brunson, young. Uh, high rim-pressure guard, um, was very efficient, three-level scorer, some defensive shortcomings. Um, they paid uh, over $20 million a year to get him. Um, not, I, I think it's well in line with his talent, but it is a sizable deal. Uh, we're talking about selling the farm for Donovan Mitchell. Um, Colin, uh, Colin Sexton just got... An offer from Cleveland for three years, $40 million. His representation is not happy with that, or he's been said to not be happy with that. But it is with puzzling that we haven't seen a team give him an offer sheet. Uh, And my question is, so there's two things, right? One, um, if that's the price for Colin Sexton, does that make you view the Brunson trade differently? And then two, here is my other argument. Colin Sexton isn't on the level of Donovan Mitchell. But this is a guy that averaged what twenty five and seven a couple of years ago, um, and he's younger. And my question is: Would we ever sign Colin Sexton if we had Brunson? And if the answer is no, should that impact how you think about Donovan
2: Mitchell? Um, should, should I take Should I take this one? I just I I, I like I like Colin Sexton, and I been like toying that that idea around in my head like why isn't he signed like i feel like we could maybe get him poach him or whatever at the end of the day i don't feel like it's a good use of resources to to put like 20 million plus plus toward uh colin sexton i assume that if it's lower than 20 million cleveland will just match it and trade him later if they need to um so yeah, I just I just think like you got if you got you know uh, Brunson, Grimes, RJ quickly, maybe you have still got Rose. I just think you know putting in another twenty million towards who could wind up just topping out as a bench player for you uh, at the guard position again after just paying Brunson. I don't know. I just think it's kind of a bad use of resources. No, I do like him. I, I, I would be if our if our circumstances were different. I I'd be definitely into getting him. Um, it's yeah. not you, it's me. <laughs> uh, I,
0: I I think Brunson's a fundamentally better player um, right now. I Sexton has really intriguing upside, but the thing is, like, he's still figuring out how to be how to contribute positively on the court to a team. He has been a net negative his entire career. You can sort through all lineups, every fucking combination. He's been pretty much negative every single year in every in any situation. Uh, I don't think that means he's, you know, he's doomed to be that forever. I just think he's miscast and misunderstood as a player, and probably has a, a higher opinion of himself than what I think his ideal role probably is. Like, I think he's ideally. Uh he's either somebody who could be an awesome starter, but next to like a jumbo primary creator, so somebody like a aluka or a LeBron, where you can get away with some of his defensive deficiencies and the fact that he's best suited to score and not be your offensive centerpiece uh or as like a really dynamic sixth man, which I know for sure he probably doesn't that like, he's he's not at that point in his career right, where he's cool with that um he's a really bad defensive player. Brunson isn't a good defensive player, but he's a lot more willing and he's smarter from what I've seen in terms of like executing to scheme and doing the, the attention to detail stuff. Uh so, you know, I that that wouldn't change. Um and I I would never want to pair him with with Brunson. He didn't pair well with Garland. I know Garland is probably a worse defender than Brunson, but like neither of them is a good defender. And I just think there's ev- too much evidence that that pairing didn't work in Cleveland with those two guys, why would I believe it's gonna work in New York with Brunson? Like I, I just don't see the argument.
1: So So the argument so that brings me to the second question, which is if those are all, all, the, all the arguments for Sexton, I will say that if your argument is that he would have looked better next to a guy like Luca, um it's fair to wonder how much if you flipped their context, right? Would Sexton maybe be the more highly regarded guy? But that aside um the question would be um you know why if if that is the case right we're worried about you know acquiring a guy who clearly doesn't work next to another undersized guard is that does that have any bearing on how we should look at this Donovan
0: Mitchell trade um i i don't know uh i i have no idea i i think Mitchell's a just a more electric scorer than either of those guys. Uh, And the thing that's frustrating with Mitchell is, like, he has tools to be a plus offensive player, or plus defensive.
1: And you don't think Sexton does? Because Sexton's a bigger dude, too. Like, he's shown a lot of talent at the point of attack.
0: I mean, he hasn't been a good defender since, like...
1: He's shitty off-ball. But I would say the one thing he has seemed to be good at is on-ball point-of-attack defense.
0: Is he? I... Genuinely have no idea. I, I, yeah. I, I don't know. I just the Sexton thing is like there's too much shit. You still need, he needs to figure out, and that you need to figure out around him. Whereas Donovan Mitchell, like, whatever issues I have with it, I know what he is, and I know what he's gonna bring, and I know what he provides, and I know he has shown he can score against elite playoff defenses. Like that has to factor in. Sexton has not shown anything against that like yeah he's been really good at scoring in the regular season that's not the same thing um so yeah i i, I don't know that like sexton as a in a world where we didn't let land jalen brunson and we just wanted to take an upside swing on another on a different point guard like i think sexton would be interesting um but as things stand like I, no I, I don't see any reason or
1: yeah, and the Sexton being available maybe for a discount like that, like maybe for half the price, doesn't make you second-guess that Brunson
0: would be there. No, I don't know. I think Brunson's a better player. And I think he fits really well with our team in a way that I'm not sure Sexton would.
2: I think also it's worth talking about because I kind of think, like, I think part of what Stacy's getting at is would Sexton at a discount be better than Donovan at a premium? Um, and I, I think that the I think that you know, Schuman and I were talking about this, like Donovan and Brunson together uh, offensively is probably pretty exciting. Um, and uh, And I think defensively, that's the big not, like right now, if you say like that you bring in the two players just without growing their skill set at all you're a little worried about the defense. Um, So I think like the swing skill on that backcourt working or the swing factor of that backcourt working is uh, Ken Donovan pick it up on defense a little bit. Um, But uh, I don't know if I am as excited, like Schwinn is saying, like about the unproven high level of, Uh, unproven level of um, Colin Sexton's game next to uh, Brunson. You're talking about two playoff proven dynamic offensive players together versus one who's basically been only like an offensive dynamo on like a bad team in the regular season. I feel like he, Colin Sexton, a lot of our like perception of him is also buoyed by like him having these nuclear games where he just can't miss. Um, and I don't think that we can count on that like night in,
0: night out or anything like that. So, yeah.
2: Cool. Yeah, makes sense.
0: All right. That is a good place to end it. Uh, Conrad, thanks for coming on.
2: Uh, yeah, thanks for having me again. I think fifth time or fourth time? Which,
0: I don't know. I have no idea. Many times. Uh, now, uh, just, now it's in the rotation, so... <laughs> Uh let the people know where they can find you and plug anything you'd like to plug. Um I'm sure people would like to know if you're ever making a new comic.
2: <laughs> yeah, uh at Nixil um Nixillustrated is the Twitter account that uh I put out comics under. I haven't done one in like, like six months or something because kind of the, the this I think most most of the listeners of this pod would agree that this last season was pretty uninspiring. Um, But yeah, maybe if I announce it here, like I'll actually hold myself to it is that I I want to do uh, a series um, called graphic history of the New York Knicks um, where I would go one by one year by year and sort of tell the story of the Knicks since they were formed. Um, I've been like doing some research on that and writing it out and, I think it could be pretty fun. I I don't know if I'll return to doing the comic the way I did during the 2021 season. Um, I don't know if I have that in me again. That was, that was pretty tough. And, uh, uh, but, you know, you, I think I'll, maybe I'll do that series graphic history of the New York Knicks. I'll put that out through at Knicks Illustrated or at Knicks um, and on my Twitter at Nix Illustrated, uh, or on my Instagram at Nix Illustrated. Sorry, Twitter is at Nixil, Instagram at Nix Illustrated. And uh, I've been thinking of just uh, doing a general NBA comic, um, just like NBA Illustrated. Uh, but I probably do that from my personal account, which is uh, at CS Roth. So you can look out for maybe those two things coming in the few months in, in the coming months. Word. Looking
0: forward to it, uh, Stacy. Anything you'd like to plug?
1: Uh, no, not at the moment.
0: Awesome, great. Uh, I have nothing to plug, so I'm just going to plug uh, all the great work in Strickland. Um, and...
2: and maybe we do. Uh, maybe we do a niction yeah. at some point. <laughs> yes, maybe
0: we'll do a niction, So be on the lookout for it. Other than that, I got nothing. So I hope everybody has a great week. All right.